Welcome to the USU Career Studio podcast that helps you navigate your career path. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to tell your friends and family all about it. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere else you listen to get access to our newest content. Thanks for joining us for our Friday face-to-face episode. I'm Marissa Armitstead, your host, and I am excited to welcome alum and business intelligence report developer Chase Jensen to the show. Welcome, Chase. Thanks. Nice to to be here. So excited to have you, especially as we are diving into the College of Science this month. I am really curious to hear about your background. So you actually have two uh, undergraduate degrees from USU, statistics and sociology. Super curious uh, to learn more about those degrees, but also talk us through uh, some of the experiences that, that led up to where you are today. So I'll give you the floor here. Yeah, awesome. So yeah, you are definitely correct. I have two degrees from USU, um, one in more of a hard science and one more of a, a soft science. And sometimes when people hear that, they say, well, those are like two very, very different fields. How did that happen? Um, so basically, um, Coming out of high school, I knew I wanted to study statistics. I had an awesome uh, stats teacher in high school um, that I really liked. And I thought, hey, that sounds like a fun thing to study. Um, So I went in um, my freshman year, knowing that's something that I wanted to explore. Um, But also my freshman year, I was taking a, you know, you're taking your generals, you're taking your breadth classes. um, And I took, I think it was SOCH 1020, social problems or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was super, super interesting. Um, so I decided, I said, hey, like the Soch minor is only like a couple of credits. It's not too hard. Um, so I decided to minor in sociology for a little bit. Um, kind of fast forwarding, taking some classes and stats. I get to my um, the end of my junior year, going into my senior year. Um, and I had, uh, some, some times and like some hours that needed to be filled, but I had taken a lot of electives on the stat side of things. So I said, Hey, might as well turn that minor, uh, into a double major. Nice. So I, yeah, so I took, I have a degree in statistics and in sociology, and it's been really cool, um, to kind of have backgrounds in, like I said, more of like a hard science, um, and then also in more of a social science, um, dealing more with people. Um, and I, I love both of them. I use both of them. And yeah, that's kind of how that's, that whole thing happened. That's awesome. Well, okay. So I have a couple of follow-up questions. First, I'm curious, while you were a student, did you hold any jobs or internships? Did you get any experience while you were in school or, or right after school? Yeah. So that's a great question. So, um, I mean, when I first started, I had your pretty standard like student jobs. I think I worked at the campus store for yes. for a couple of years, um, and then I think it was around my sophomore into my junior year, I said, "Hey, I need to start figuring out, you know, maybe kind of what I want to do for the rest of my life." Um, so I got a job um, with the math and stats department as a uh, as a math tutor. Um, which was awesome. I did that up until I graduated. Um, so that was nice to be able to kind of be, you know, immersed in like the practical side of the subject material and also to help students know that like, hey, you can get through math. It's not going to ruin your college career. Everything's going to be okay. 
Um, so you talk or, to people like me is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> we had, we had a lot of people come in uh, for sure that were like, I can't, like, I can't do stat 1045. Or like, I'm a senior. It's the last class I need to graduate. And I'd say, I got you. We're going to, we'll make it happen. Don't worry. Um, and then uh, a little bit later on, I got involved with kind of, it was, it was always, I don't know, the gray area was a little bit weird. It was kind of an internship, kind of a job um, with the uh, Center for Student Analytics uh, on campus. Um, that was when it was run by uh, Dr. Mitchell Culver. Um, and that was an, I, I think he has an episode. Of yep, he's been on the show. He's <laughs> one of the funniest guys I know. He's super awesome. Um, but that was a great experience. So basically, uh, we would we would take data and uh, for different programs around the university, and we would help them, you know, find some cool insights and answer some of the questions that they had. Um, yeah, those are those are kind of my, I guess, my work experiences to go along with my my study. Yeah, fabulous. Love that. That's super great. And okay, so now if I if I remember correctly, so you're currently pursuing your master's degree mm-hmm. um, and you've betrayed us all and you've gone to the U. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. They they know I also went to the U. Um, but <laughs> you're you're earning a degree in in uh, business analytics, is that right? Yeah. So talk to me about where did the desire to go back to school come from? Uh, so it actually, that's uh, a great question because I definitely didn't think I was going to be going back and getting a master's as soon as I did. Like it was always something that I, I thought that I would, you know, one day, maybe, exactly. Like a little <laughs> bit down the line, I'd be in industry for a while. And then maybe if I felt like it, um, but I, it was honestly just like a perfect storm of a lot of different things. Um, I knew that we were going to be moving out of Logan. Um, so I needed to either you know, find a job or figure out what was going on there. Um, and I had found the program that I'm currently in now. It's the, uh, the Masters of Science in Business Analytics at the University of Utah through the Eccles School of Business. Um, and I was like, hey, this is a really cool sounding program. It sounds like exactly what like I've thought about maybe pursuing. Um, and because of the pandemic, because of all of the stuff that was going on with COVID, um, they had waived the GRE. So I didn't have to study and take the GRE, which was super nice. Can't be upset um, about that. <laughs> I was I was not upset about that. Um, and they also waived like the entry fee um, and a bunch of other stuff. So I kind of thought to myself like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Maybe this is something that I want to look into. Uh, so I applied and they got back to me. They said, Hey, we'd love to have you. And I said, Hey, I love to be had, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, one thing kind of led to another. Um, and I started this past fall. Um, yeah. And it's been, it's been great. It's been really awesome to kind of expand on the stuff that I learned um, while I was a student at Utah state. Um, and a little bit more of like a, a focused and um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? A little more of applied area than just like a, a broader sure. study. Fantastic. Okay, this is great. I'm 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 learning a lot already, and I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> so, in all of these wonderful things that are that have been happening in your life, talk to us about your current job. Number one, um, what is a business intelligent report developer? It sounds very official. So let's start there. What exactly does that mean? <laughs> yeah, so it's it's definitely, it's a long-winded title. 
Um, when people ask what I do, I usually tell them, I put the numbers in the spreadsheets and I give the spreadsheets to the people. <laughs> um, so like from a, from a high level, basically like we'll have a client who needs, um, like similar to kind of what I was doing, um, in my work with the center for student analytics, we'd have a client that has data or they have a question, um, or they're looking for some sort of insights. And then we have their data and we go through and we run some analyses, we pull different reports, and then we are able to get the, um, our findings back to them and, and help them answer some of the questions that they have. Super interesting. And if I understand, so the company that you work for is Market Star, mm-hmm. but there is a strong tie with Google. So how exactly does that play out there? Yeah. So um, I guess, yeah, I'll kind of break that down. So Market Star is a company in Ogden um, and they do outsourced sales and marketing for a bunch of different um, clients. Um, I think the biggest client that we have is Pinterest. So like um, basically like Pinterest will come in and say, hey, we need people to sell Pinterest ads, right? And so Pinterest um, comes in and says, hey, can you help us with this? And then MarketStar hires some reps out. And those reps, um, whether it's through like, I don't know, cold calling or different types of leads, will go in and find people who are interested in running ads on Pinterest. So it's kind of like a it's kind of like a, a middleman so that you know some of these bigger companies don't have to um, you know, do all of that themselves right. because a lot of it can just be kind of tedious. Um, yeah, they they do. Uh, MarketSide does a lot of stuff with the um, Huntsman School of Business. I know that they come in and do like um, stuff with pro sales and like different analytics stuff over there. So I think that was kind of a, a cool connection. Um, but basically what I do is I am a report developer um, for their indirect side of the business, working with different clients um, through Google. So I work with Google uh, Workspace, which is basically like if a company needs like an email server, right? So if, for example, like if you log into, you work at, I don't know, a bakery and you log into your bakery email and it's like through, it's through Gmail, that's... Um, one of the programs we use. And then we also do Google for education um, and then Google Chrome. So basically what will happen is um, these teams will say, hey, we have these sales representatives or we have this data. Um, we're trying to figure out a way to increase the number of like the number of opportunities that sales reps are creating. Or hey, we want to figure out like what this conversion percentages. Um, and then what my job is to do is to take their data that they have um, and then run it through different analyses, different formulas, do different types of statistical models or whatever they might need, um, and then to pop it back to them. And then they're able to go to the higher-ups um, at Google and say like, hey, these are some of the things that we found. So it's a really cool opportunity uh, to kind of be able to say like, I work for Google, but not at Google, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like Google, it's like Google adjacent. Yes, interesting. <laughs> okay, interesting. Well, and now I want to ask as much as you can share with us. Um, are there any current or recent projects you've worked on that have been, I don't know, especially meaningful or interesting or engaging to you? Yeah. So, 
a lot of the stuff that we do is kind of day to day as it comes up. We have recurring reports that we will run uh, every week. So we'll have like weakness, uh, weekly business reviews, uh, monthly and quarterly business reviews as they come up. Um, but also like, and what I think is my, one of the things I enjoy most about the job is when the clients will come up and say, Hey, we have this problem that's going on. Or like, Hey, we're trying to figure out why this thing is doing this thing, right? Like where this trend is coming from and being able to go in and um, kind of take deep dives into their data um, and see what's going on. Um, so like right now, one thing that we're doing that's really cool is that we're developing um, a method to be able to track um, individual sales rep performance and be able to help um, like, so for managers and for team leads to be able to figure out like what areas they can improve on in reaching out to businesses and like who's doing what and like where certain amount of hours and time are going, um, which has been really cool to kind of get that going. Um, and another thing that I, we're doing right now, which is really cool, is um, automating as much of the reporting um, as we can. Sometimes um, in this job, things can be like a little bit manual, right? Kind of like I said, um, taking the numbers from one spreadsheet, putting them on another spreadsheet. Um, so something we're doing is figuring out how to automate and auto-populate different reports and auto-generate different visualizations. Excuse me. and and things like that. So those are a couple of things that are going on right now that I can at least talk about, you know, don't want, don't want anybody to, to get, get in trouble. No, no data leaks today. Yes, exactly. No, <laughs> uh, no non-disclosure. Absolutely. I'm really curious. So I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here and we'll, a promise we'll come back, but I'm curious about automation. I feel like this is kind of a hot topic for a lot of industries right now, because some people are worried too much automation is happening to the point where, am I going to have a job in like a year or two? Um, but for you, this is an exciting part of your job. So I guess my question to you is, is there ever a concern about too much automation and and like job prospects? Or is it as long as you are the one developing the automation, you'll always have a job? I don't know. Talk to me about that. <laughs> no, that's a great, that's a great question. I know that's something that a lot of people are it's kind of a hot button topic for a lot of people, whether that's like self-driving cars or manufacturing. Um, people are worried that they're going to be um, out of jobs. Um, but what I think is is interesting um, is that when is that automation um, requires innovation, and innovation creates more jobs, mm. right? So. At the turn, it's like, for example, from like a historical perspective, um, industrial revolution times, right? When different um, when different industries were um, coming forward with more streamlined and process streamlined processes for creating goods and, and services, a lot of people worried, like, hey, are, is this machine at the at the at the factory, like, is that going to take my job? Am I going to be out of a job? Um, but what we see it um, has ended up happening um, in both like the industrial revolution and the information age that we're living in is that as these new processes, these new technologies um, pop up, is that we need people to be able to, you know, facilitate those um, those processes to be able to um, make sure that 
automation is happening in a way that is conducive to um, growth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, when stuff like this happens, it opens up um, a lot of new employment opportunities um, in fields that we haven't even really thought of yet, right? Like, I think I remember seeing a figure a while back when, you know, talking about career stuff. Yeah. Is that there's a good chance, like a, a pretty high percentage of jobs that um, graduates now or in the next couple of years are going to have um, are in industries that don't exist yet. Right, right. Right. So it, it definitely is kind of a, 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 I don't know, it's definitely kind of a, an issue that I can see reasons why people are, are kind of skeptical about sure. it too. But also from like a social sociological background, it's right. Um, being able to like take manual labor away from the individual, being able to like have people be more specialized um, can lead to a lot of innovation in places that um, people actually care about, right? Sure. Like when when cars came around, like it sure took a lot of load off of horses, you know, having to pull carriages and stuff. And it's kind of a similar thing for for people, right? Like the opportunity to be able to the these these innovations, these automations, this these computer systems, whatever it might be, um, ultimately can lead to people being able to pursue more of what they want to, right? To be able to continue to like trailblaze and help find these new areas that people can can be a part of. Um, so I definitely, like I said, I definitely understand the the skepticism and like the initial like like hey, hold on, like is this gonna is this gonna ruin Am I going to be able to like, you know, put bread on the table, um, which is definitely like a real concern that a lot of people have, and not something that I want to take away from. But like, I definitely feel that there are there are that the uh, what am I trying to say? I feel like that the the results that will come from some of these areas um, will help people in the long run. They'll help build society. They'll help um, enable the working class to be able to continue to pursue more of what they want to do versus just, you know, mindless, low, like less, I don't want to say like less sophisticated labor because every worker is important, but like, sure, being sure. Help, like being able to help people pursue more of what they want to do. I think this is a really interesting insight. And I love what you shared that automation is replacing jobs. Oftentimes they're more of the manual type jobs, but innovation is what's creating the jobs that we need today and what we need tomorrow and what we'll need in the future. And so I think that's a really interesting kind of shift of um, some jobs will go away. They always have that. That's always been a process of, of, uh, you know, the world, but, um, but innovation is really what's going to spark the new jobs. And and those are the jobs that we, we see more and more people want anyways. So I think it's kind of a cool shift that we're seeing. Yeah, we've definitely seen that, I would say, in the last, um, probably like the last six months, especially people are are realizing that they there are jobs out there, there are forms of labor that they would rather be doing, right? Um, people leaving lower paying jobs to go and pursue things that they're passionate about, which I think is awesome. And I think that innovating the way that we do business, the way that labor is done 
will continue to help people in the long run. Absolutely. This is a great transition into another question that I had for you, which is talking about some of the the highs and the lows of this job. And let's be very clear that no job is perfect. Um, No company is perfect. There's always going to be things that we um, love and probably things that we don't love as much. But I'm curious, as you think about your current position, and again, also reflecting on the the changes and significant changes we've seen during uh, this kind of COVID nineteen time, what are what are some of the the pros of this job that you love? Maybe what are some of the the challenges or things that are a little a little hard for you? Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, I I love my job. I think my job's great. <laughs> um, I'm in. I definitely like in a in a wonderful um, position. And I feel very grateful to be in the position that I'm in. Um, I'm able to work from home, like almost almost exclusively, which is awesome. Um, being able to kind of work at my own pace, um, but still have a team um, behind me and people that I report to that are there and that our understanding has been has been awesome. Um, I really, in terms of like the the work that I do, I think it's. I think it's really rewarding when you're able to get to the get to the insights or get to the the end goal of the problem that you've been working on for a long time. Um, you know, being able to find insights, being able to like create a report or like develop a system um, that is ultimately going to help people out in the long run, um, and that's that's been awesome. Like. Um, I'd say things that are maybe a little bit more difficult is sometimes kind of like I I stated towards the beginning is sometimes this job can be a little bit of like, okay, today I'm just going to take these numbers and I'm going to put them over here. Right. Like (laughs) sometimes it's not the most exciting thing in the entire world. You're not always going to have like a groundbreaking discovery that you're going to be making every day. Right. Or like some huge project that, is going to take up the majority of your time. Sometimes it's just like, Hey, can you change the way that this graph looks? Or like, Hey, can you check and make sure that the numbers here are reflecting the way that they're supposed to be? Or like, Hey, this figure here, like this, whatever you reported here looks kind of weird. Can you go in and check that? Which I wouldn't say is like necessarily like an awful thing. It's not like, Oh, if I have to go in and do this one more time, I'm going to quit. Um, <laughs> but definitely like things can be a little bit slow sometimes. Um, but ultimately like this is a job that I really enjoy and that um, has been uh, really fulfilling over the the past while that I've been doing it. I love that. Well, and I also love that even with the parts of your job that maybe are a little less exciting, it sounds like you've even been able to push kind of the envelope and and bring in some innovation and look at how can we maybe take some of these processes and not have to do them and let the computer do them for us. So I think that's that's really cool that you're able to um, critically think about those issues and, and then apply innovation to improve the job. So I think that's really cool. Okay, I would love to chat next about um, other career paths. So sometimes I'm chatting with somebody, we learn a lot about this one career path and somebody might be listening and think, that sounds interesting. Not exactly what I want to do, but it's in the right bucket of jobs or bucket of of careers. So I'm curious if you were chatting with somebody um, who's interested in data, interested in analytics, um, what are some other jobs that you might recommend they look into? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the reasons that I like my field so much and why I enjoyed my undergrad 
so much and ultimately why I continued to pursue um, statistics and get into the line of work that I did and that I'm like also um, continually studying for right now is that um, there the amount of areas that you can work in like the the amount of areas that you can specialize in is crazy there's always going to be some company or some organization that has information that has data that you need that will need to be analyzed right so i know that individuals say that they don't like i'm getting my uh, degree in business intelligence right in business analytics um, a lot, some people that just might not be something that they're interested in. They don't particularly care about how businesses are run. And that's totally cool because there are analysts that work in a wide variety of areas. We have political analysts, you have um, economic analysts, you have individuals who work for nonprofits, you have individuals who work in the environmental and energy um, sectors, um, you have individuals that run numbers for sports teams right that help develop player performance and stuff like that yeah you have people that run the numbers for like a wide variety of different areas so what i think is really cool about the field um, of analytics is that if you have an interest in something right in some area um there's going to be an opportunity there to be able to put um, the knowledge and the skills that you have as an analyst into the areas that you want to pursue is so like, for example, say that you really like the medical field, right. But you don't want to go to med school or, yeah. <laughs> or you don't like giving people shots or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, there are analysts that work for the university of Utah hospitals, right. In helping doctors and healthcare workers um, with the issues and the problems that they have. Um, so like I said, like if you have interests, um, the skills and the opportunities that you have are almost limitless. Like there's always going to be somewhere or something that that are going to need your help. I really love that, especially because oftentimes students think I need to find my passion and then I'll get the degree in it and then I'll get the job in it. But what I almost hear you saying is analytics in a sense can be a tool to kind of open doors to explore lots of different industries. And, and, and I wonder, you know, as advice goes, would you recommend students consider like getting a minor or a double degree if they are pursuing kind of a data related uh, degree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and what's similarly to, to how there are many like career paths and areas that you can go into, the opportunities to be able to study this are also like very wide, especially at Utah State. I know that when I, uh, I think it was my last semester of my senior year, um, I didn't actually take any like statistics classes, right? Like classes with the, with STAT in front of them. I took classes through the College of Business or through the Computer Science Department. Um, I took some classes in the Sociology Department or in like the Psychology Department that were all related to like how to like view things from an analytical perspective, right? Um, a lot of the people that I had classes with, um, whether they were in like some of the statistics classes or other places like we're in a wide variety of different majors and fields of study, like 
education, um, different like other hard sciences like biology, chemistry, political science, business, marketing, um, graphic design, and artists. Like, ultimately, if this isn't like, if if you don't end up becoming like a a data scientist or a data analyst as like your career, um, the skills that you can develop through like approaching some of these ideas and like these fields of study are going to help you no matter what you end up doing or where you go. Absolutely. Yeah. The trans transferability, I think I just made up a word, but yeah, <laughs> the, the ability for something to transfer into various fields is huge. And, and, you know, oftentimes when people talk about like a liberal arts education, I think that's really what it gets at is, can I build skill sets that will transfer to lots of different, um, different places? So I, I love that aspect. Chase, I have to say, I am so sad that we are coming to a close here today. <laughs> um, but I've so appreciated the things that you've shared. I do want to end with one final question for you. Um, as you think about your your past uh, educational experience, your past career, um, all of all of kind of combining, you know, what advice would you give to maybe eighteen uh, year old Chase as, as <laughs> thinking about his career? <laughs> Absolutely. What would I say to eighteen year old Chase? Um, I'd say, hey, good job going to Utah State. That was definitely the right decision. <laughs> um, those other colleges you applied to. Um, don't go like this. Trust me, you're not going to want to. <laughs> um, but I would say like for individuals or students who are just starting out on their journey, who maybe don't know what they want to do, um, or who like the prospect of going to college is like, it's scary, right? Like a lot of people are out on their own for the first time. Um, I would tell them that ultimately the, no matter what it is that you decide to study to get your degree in or to focus your time and your efforts and your talents into is that a lot of the times um, employers and like people after college don't particularly care a hundred percent what your degree is in, right? A lot of people are going to just look at the fact that you were able to set a goal for yourself, right? That, that you were going to go to college and that you were going to finish, right? That you that you were able to show to yourself and to them that like you have what it takes to pursue something that ultimately is very difficult. Like going to colleges can be super hard. Um, so don't get down on yourself. If you don't know what it is you want to do, I still don't know what I want to do after I graduate. Right. Like, um, but the idea of being able to find what that is, um, is super exciting. I'd also say like, be flexible. You're going to, you're going to change what you want to do a lot. Um, but ultimately, no matter what it is that you decide to do, like develop a love for learning new things, right? Like I, a lot of the things that I learned in my undergrad aren't particularly like one for one, a translation of what I do in my job right now, but like those skills that I developed helped me learn now the things that I'm doing, right? Like being adaptable and being able to continue to say like, I want to learn how to do this, right? Like I, there, here's this thing I need to know to do this job that I want to do um, because of what I have been able to do um, as a college student. I know that I can like put that same effort forth to figure that out now, right? Absolutely. 
So stick with it. College can be super hard, but you can do it. Whoever's listening to this, I believe in you. I love that. And I actually made me think of this might be a little bit silly, but I have to share it. Um, So I love the TV show Monk. I don't know if anybody's seen this, uh, but he's like a detective and he he no longer works for the police department because um, he has some phobias and and whatnot. Um, But there's a really interesting scene towards the end of the season where he's talking to his therapist and and he says um, he he actually got he he they they invite him to come back onto the force. So he'd been doing all of this detective work, kind of consulting on the side, but he gets invited back to the force. And he has this moment with his therapist and he says, why didn't you tell me I was happy? And, and he's talking about, you know, when he was doing all of this kind of on the side detective work to hope to get to that one position of being a detective again, he says, why didn't you tell me I was happy? Like back then in the moment. And, and I think so, so often when we are, are trying to get to that end goal of what we think is going to make us happy in a career, we forget to find the joy in, in the jobs that we have right now that we have today. And so I love kind of your approach of taking it one day at a time, you know, uh, find the learning in whatever it is you're doing and, and try to find the joy in it. So really appreciate that, that sentiment. And um, again, Chase, really appreciate your time and, and willingness to chat with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This was a pleasure. We hope you loved this episode of the USU Career Studio podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends and family. 